Hello everyone in podcast land and welcome back to another episode of the Back Pain Podcast. Now this is episode 93. Can't quite believe it's 93. So thank you for everyone who stuck around and is still listening to our podcast. It means the world to us. Now this episode is titled, Should I Stop Bending Over? People often blame bending as the trigger for their back pain. And we're told from a young age that if you don't lift correctly, it will likely damage your back or you should lift with your knees because it puts less strain on the spine. But is this actually true? Is there a correct way to lift? Does lifting stress or damage your spine? Let's find out. Welcome to the Back Pain Podcast with Rob and Dave, the only show geared specifically to help educate you about your back pain. We talk to the experts to bust the myths, break down the science, and give you all the top tips for living pain-free. So, if you're driving to work, tidy in the house, or even laid up at home in pain, we have something for everyone. So firstly, can you hurt your back from bending over? Certainly you can, in the same way that you can hurt your shoulder from throwing or ankle from running. But does that mean the activity is the problem or damaging? Certainly not. Could the way you bend and lift have triggered your back pain? Again, possibly. But does that mean that bending and lifting is a problem and that you should then stop doing it? Likely not. After all, as Adam Meekin said on one of our previous episodes, if you hurt your back having sex, would you never have sex again? Likely not. So this episode comes about after I saw a patient who, at age 65, was told when she was 18 never to lift anything heavier than a bag of shopping. So for the last 45 years, this had been the case. She said she didn't even lift her child once her child had got much older than one. And that's awful and really inspired us to do a whole show on this topic to stop this awful fear-mongering information from spreading even further. Thankfully, we have come a long way in the last 40 years, but I still hear this on a very regular basis. So how did this fallacy come about? And this is likely through a post hoc fallacy, i.e. because an event happened, back pain, closely after another event, the results are often tied together or blamed on that initial event when often there are so many other factors at play that people don't consider. If we combine back pain after lifting what you thought was incorrectly with an understanding that the back is weak and fragile and is easily damaged and it has to be corrected to be fixed, you can see how lifting can often solely be blamed on that episode of pain. So is lifting bad for your back? No, lifting is not bad for your back any more than lifting is bad for your arms. Is there a correct way to lift? No, not really. While some positions might be more optimal and in a, in a competitive lifting atmosphere, such as Olympic lifting or powerlifting, this is often in terms of power and force production as opposed to reducing the chance of injury. And even that's debatable about what is the best position to, to generate power in. So the reason people get injured is often through what we call the rule of twos, i.e. lifting too much, too often after lifting too little for too long. Are you doing something that you are not prepared to do? What our bodies really don't like is sudden change. Whilst our spines and other joints are incredible at adapting to stresses, i.e. this is how we get better and stronger, if this is too much, we can easily overload our structures. The analogy I use most, re most recently and most often is like running a marathon. Most people know that if you wanted to run a marathon, if you've never run a marathon, you don't go out on day one of your training and run 42 kilometers. You gradually build up over a period of time to reduce the chance of overloading your tissues and getting injured. And no one would be that surprised if you went out after never running before, tried to run 42K, and then had an episode of pain in your knee or your hip or your back or your, or your ankle. That would be totally understandable. 
And lifting or bending is no different to this. If you never bend from your back, you can't expect to be great at bending from your, from your back. You have to prepare yourself for doing this. If for a year after an injury, you've never bent as you think that that's what was the cause of your back pain or someone's told you that that's what caused your back pain, you then have to bend over to mow the lawn, do your shoelaces up, empty the dishwasher. It's no surprise that that might exceed your current tolerance or your current capability. And that makes sense. So does bending forward or bending over, rounding off your back, place more stress on your spine? Yes. Is this a bad thing? No. Remember, stress is how the body grows and adapts. We respond to these stresses and we become stronger, exactly the same as the stress we place on our bodies when we go to the gym. We press stress, we press, we place stress on our joints and our muscles, and then we get stronger as an adaption to that and then get stronger overall. So if you're fearful of bending or you're scared that bending might be bad for you or trigger your back pain, how can you introduce it? How can you get back to doing this? So you can start getting back to putting on your socks or emptying the dishwasher or picking up your child from the floor. So I can use the lady I saw or I mentioned above as an example. She was very fearful about bending. She thought her spine was weak and that bending forwards would not only cause pain, but actual damage. Slowly, we unpacked these beliefs and it came back to ultimately that she felt that her spine or all spines in general aren't meant to bend and that the knees and hips should be doing the work. So how did we get her to reduce this fear of bending and how can I help you to reduce your fear of bending forwards? So we started by educating her using what we spoke about above regarding the spine being designed to bend and lift and twist. We then started promoting some bending in normal pain-free positions such as laying down and sitting, bending forwards. Now initially these were uncomfortable, yes, not because these movements were bad, but because they weren't often done by this lady. This lady had even bought a device to put her socks on for her because she was so scared of bending forward even to put her socks on first thing in the morning. So what she soon came to realize was that by repeating this movement, not much actually happened. I, it didn't feel that comfortable initially, but nothing bad happens. It didn't cause significant pain. It didn't cause something to slip out of place or get damaged, which is what she thought was going to happen. So simply her homework for the first few weeks was to work towards touching her toes in a sitting position, building up to doing this every few hours, 10 to 15 times. And within, out, within about a week, she could comfortably touch her toes 10 times with no issues. We then started to add weight to this. So we started just by using a handbag, bending, that, bending down and picking that up from the floor, going up from there. And we did repeated these movements again in a standing position. And we're still a long way off from her lifting heavy loads as it's a very slow and graded approach and after all, you know, she's been doing this or avoiding this movement for so long. And she also, there's some other healthcare issues at hand as well, which have to be addressed, but she can now put her socks on and she can tie her shoes up without worrying that she's damaging her, damaging her back. And she described this as a load has being lifted from her shoulders. So I'm sure there are people out there listening who are in exactly the same position. They've been avoiding movements for a long time. They, you might be fearful that bending is damaging your spine. And as we said before, in the short term, when you have an episode of pain, Avoiding movement is not a bad thing, as long as it is reintroduced. If you have horrific sciatica and every time you bend forward, it's a real trigger for that pain, then yes, I've got no problem with saying for the next couple of days, a week or so, let's just reduce that movement. Let's do some more other comfortable movements, and then we can slowly reintroduce that at a later date. I'm not at all saying that everybody tomorrow has to start running out and bending forwards. So please seek the advice of someone who knows what they're talking about if you'd like to start doing these type of movements. The other question we get is that, so does this mean that manual handling training is completely pants? We might make some enemies here, but I would say often yes. There are probably people here that have done lots of manual handling training 
And if they are telling you to avoid bending when lifting or avoid using your back, then I really wouldn't pay too much attention. Point them in the direction direction of us, sit quietly or, or, or sit quietly and then go and find another musculoskeletal clinician who might be able to give you some more up-to-date evidence-based advice. So I hope that's answered your questions about bending forwards from the spine and lifting. As always, if you have any questions at all, you can reach out to us on social media or via email, hello at the Back Pain Podcast, and we're more than happy to answer any questions that you may have. We may even dedicate an entire episode to it, just as we have here. And remember, if you are looking for someone fantastic to help you out with your back pain, then head on over to our website, thebackpainpodcast.com, and check out our provider map where you can simply put in your postcode and find someone local to you to help you get on the path to recovery. So thank you so much for listening as always, and we will catch you on the later on the next episode over and out.